0: You still have to get it done at the time that it really counts, which we have not managed to do. It's the first time that you could genuinely say that there is a chance that we could be World Cup champions.
1: Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now.
0: Off the Ball daily.
1: Alright, it's time for us to turn our attention to Hurling. It's Hurling League semi-final weekend on Saturday evening. It's Limerick and Tip at the Gaelic Grounds with a half past seven start. On Sunday afternoon, it's home advantage for Derek Ling's team as Kilkenny face Cork in the second semi-final. Time for one of my favourite uh, half hours of the week, half an hour in the company of Anthony Nash. Anthony, how the hell are you?
0: I knew you missed me, Joe. There you go. It's been too long. A couple of weeks, I'm back for my turn-up, you know.
1: You had to make up uh, some time with Nathan as well. I'm sorry about that. I That'll know. never happen again, I promise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, there we go. There's, there's a couple of things that we wanted to get into. The, the games themselves and the value that the, the four sides are going to place on, on going deep in this competition or any deeper. Um, and then I did want to talk to you about Paul Knurk because it came up during the week as well. And then who's learned anything from the league. So if there's any, any of that that you want to start with, that, that'd be good. But we may as well start with the games themselves. You, you reach a semi-final and... There is a medal and there will be a cup and there will be a trophy lift. So I presume at this stage all of the teams are really focused on actually for the next 10 days we want to win this.
0: I'd be amazed if any of the four don't. I actually think for spectators and for um, the neutrals it's a great four because you have three brand new managers. Um, and obviously uh, John Coyley who doesn't care. like He wants to go and win everything he plays in. So you've got, like uh, I think, a fantastic weekend of hurling ahead. I think the me, the best one, I suppose, really is Tipperary get to have a rattle off Limerick and see where they're really at, you know. Um, that's going to be a great test for them. And 100%, like when you're in the semi-final, you want to go. It's only another game to get there. No, again, like I always say to you, whichever team loses, won't throw the baby out with the bat water. They'll basically refocus and go for championship. But yeah, once you're there, you want to go and win it.
1: If you are involved in the management team of any of these uh, sides, you probably didn't schedule automatically in a semi-final appearance and maybe maybe Limerick are planning for a semi-final and final automatically and, and you, you tailor your training on the basis of the fact that there will be games. You're not going to stop a heavy block of training for the semi-final, are you? You're not going to taper for this game if you do have an eye on the first round of the Munster Leinster Championship?
0: No, I don't think so. I, I, I think that like the, the one thing I'll find there at the weekend is you still mightn't see full-strength teams going out because if you have any 50-50 injury, you want to let them sit. Um, like it'll be interesting there like even in respect perspective Seamus Harney pulled up with a tweak in his hamstring whether he'll be playing on Sunday or not I'm sure if it was Championship he'd be okay but whether or which he goes and plays on Sunday will be showing that like Championship is still around the corner you don't want to lose anybody for that but um, regarding training blocks and stuff like that I think they'll carry on I think like nowadays science just drives everything um, and they'll be looking at getting to a certain fitness space throughout the league and then topping up after that for Championship but no I think they're going to drive on ahead and uh, I think it's just a tailor of like potentially one week and it may two, but it's the best preparation though, like to be fair. Like every team that's out now, so for example, Walford Road, I know they're gonna win the training block, but they're looking for challenge matches now. Um so these two games at the weekend for each of the counties is also getting to test out a few more players who you think will play a championship uh in another competitive manner.
1: The, the, uh, the difference between the challenge games that you're going to get as a side who isn't involved in these versus the games that you're actually going to get, presumably it's absolutely massive as well because challenge games are refereed differently. Everybody has their own kind of uh, agenda as an individual, as a team. You know, you're trying to make the team, you're, you're guaranteed your place in the team, you don't want to get injured. So in these games, they're probably with something on the line, I presume your competitive instinct takes over.
0: 100% challenge matches Any matches I've been involved In challenge matches The first 35-40 minutes Are helter-skelter And you're really Kind of trying All the way And in the last 20 Die a death like, And it could end up Like 4-24 To 5-14 Or 5-16 Do you know what I mean And they are refereed A little bit looser As in the game As a will be restarted quicker And stuff. Unless both managers Go up to the referee beforehand With like Quick pockets or a logo And next thing all of a sudden it's kind of gets a little bit loose And a little bit uh, As the saying is Challenge matchy Like you know So like you don't really want that But like they're probably the best way of getting prepared if you're out of the league so far but uh, no, definitely I think the four teams this weekend uh, have an advantage uh, on, on finding out a little bit more about their game plans. You know, Limerick again are obviously the, the exception there like what they're trying to find out is that extra one or two players that can fit in and for John Coilly it's probably finding out what your best 15 is because you've probably 19, 20 all-star calibre players fighting for 15 or 14 positions with the exception of Nicky Quaid I suppose.
1: So, um, from their perspective do they need to like, feed the beast of the team's uh, desire and actually begin hoovering up medals and say, right, we're in a sweet spot now. That's what your responsibility is. You're going to win this. You're going to win Munster. I know you're not looking beyond the game, but, like, if you're the management team and you're plotting out a course, like, we're going to, like, just breadcrumb success this season to keep everybody sharpened. Or... In a way, would a, a defeat? We're going to talk about this with Mayo a little bit later on mm. in their league. Would a defeat be a great thing to go into everybody and go? Oh, I think you're great lads, don't you?
0: I think for uh, all neutrals, I think they'll be all supporting Tipperary, right, on Saturday night. Like, but uh, like, uh, I, I just think that they're in such a position. Like we referred to them before, the two of us about the, the Dublin footballers and even that Kilkenny hurling team at the time. Like they, they're just going to get on. Like, well, I was kind of looking, would Tipperary give them a chance? And then Limerick released their squad for the weekend, and I was like, oh sweet Jesus! Like when you see their bench along with their starting fifteen. Like it's going to take an exceptional performance from from Tipperary to even, um, you know, put it up to them. Like you know, Tipperary have been going very well. I think they've actually benefited the most of the league so far. But Jesus Christ, yours, it's a scary, it's a scary prospect when you see what's starting versus what's coming on in as well. So I, I don't think John Keily will care. I think he's just going to go on and try and win everything he plays in, you know. And I think they're going to try and go the rest of the year unbeaten. Uh,
1: I am really interested in the case study of Tipperary over the last couple of years. When you think about the game they went mm. in half-time against Limerick and they were dominant and it looked, well, wow, this is pretty amazing then Limerick came out and put together the greatest 35 minutes of hurling that most of us have ever seen and absolutely annihilate Tipperary. From that point to this, it's been a wide, wide, like long and winding circuitous route but that team and their performance in that first half and it's obviously largely, not, not, not. there's still some of those uh, guys around, like they were incredible in that first half. I know you don't win any prizes for a brilliant first half performance but to the drop-off from there to where they were last season, they're still the bones of a really strong team who know what it takes to go toe-to-toe with Limerick available to them.
0: Yeah, yeah look, in fairness, uh, like I hated saying it, it started last year and it's not the truth or, or is it playing my own trumpet or blowing your own trumpet? Like, I, I just the start of the year, the feedback out the Tipperary and the talk over of Tipperary, they weren't going to have a good year. Retirements, like, you know, huge retirements, huge injuries and stuff like that. Didn't Like, in first, Colin Bonner, he went in and took a job that not many people wanted, so... Uh, it was a pity the way it ended, but it was never going well. The next, thing all of a sudden, Liam Cattle goes back. And the one thing you'll see is that at least there's hope in Tipperary again this year, you know. Um, like, there's a sprinkling of talent there. Like, there's a sprinkling of, like, you've some of the best holders still. Like, the, like, Tipperary are always the riskiest holders, you know. And, like, it's epitomized by the Noel McGraths, by the Jason Fords, that if you give them a pocket of space, like, they're, they're just. Like, they're going to destroy you, you know? Um, you know, it was a pity for Tipperary that Seamus Callan had to go off injured again. Like, what I feel that Liam Cahill is trying to do brilliantly is kind of merge that Liam Sheedy team with his young fellas coming up, you know? Like, he hasn't disregarded or thrown out any of those older players that people might have thought would have done a start here. Like, Noel McGrath being captain, it just shows that, like, you know, that he's trying to find that sprinkling of the youth where brought into it. Now, as I, I referred to before, Carl Barrett's a huge loss, but... I see something in Tipperary. Um, do I see enough on Saturday night? I don't. I think Limerick are just going just too well and too strong at the moment. But this year is going to be—they'll um, be forced to reckon to it. And last year, I said straight out, they were the one team I thought wouldn't come out of Munster. Uh, I can't say that this year. Uh, I can't say that they haven't a the hope. Like I say, that they're one of the very strong contenders to come out of Munster.
1: Yeah. It, also, when you have a team that is as young as or has that sprinkling of youth that they do have, because obviously, as you say, there's still loads of those experienced heads around. The ability of that team to grow quickly over the course of a summer. With really intense games is more pronounced than, like, we don't expect that much growth from this Limerick team. They're very close to a peak. If they can maintain that peak, then they're going to be grand. But if they get, as you say, it's, it's a, a factor of 1% or 2%. But you could see Tipperary losing the game this weekend and improving by 10 to 15% by the end of the Munster Hurling Championship.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, you know, I've worked with a lot of three or four of these lads, you know, down UL, well, like Garod O'Connor, who's come on, and people are yet to see the best of him. He's a six foot three centre forward that can move and can hurl and take freeze. Like, you know, too many of them are around the place. So, like, with a year's experience with him, Brian Amara has fitted right into the defence. Um, so, like, there's talent there, like, you know, and then he's got that, you know, as I said, like, like any team that has no McGrath, that has Jason Ford, and then, like, you see the likes of Jake Morris consistently no, you know? That's the one thing that Liam Cahill has got noticed is to be consistency. But, like, the one thing you know about Liam Cahill teams, they're going to work exceptionally hard. And with a Tipperary team that work hard on top of the sprinkling of talent that they have hurling-wise, like, you know, they're going to be very hard to beat, you know, in in, in an individual battle. I'm not saying they're going to go on and win the All-Ireland, but I'm saying, like, on a one-to-one, in a 50-50 game in Munster especially, like, you know, they're going to be a very difficult team to beat because... They have a lovely blend, you know. They've got that bit of pace in Jake Morris. They've got that guile in Ford and McGrath. You've Bonner Maher coming back, like, like how that man keeps going, like you know. I the physio must be absolutely wrecked from strapping the man together, like because. But then he epitomises what Cahill wants, like. He gets a flick in. He does not allow Another great pick the ball. And next thing, there's a break and there's a score. Um, and on top of being such a great, he's, a, he's an absolute gentleman with it. But uh, but it was great to see him back playing. I'm playing well as well. In fairness to him, after all his injuries.
1: I'm sure Limerick supporters are like, why? Why is everybody obsessed with beating us? But that's because they're, we're we're talking about them as one of the all-time great well, it's teams. It's a
0: compliment. Like it's it's a, it's an absolute compliment. Like the reason we come on the show every week and they, they pop up is because like they're the standard bearers. You know, and until the they deteriorate and I don't see it happening. Like, it, like if you ask me, who do I personally think is the strongest team in Ireland right now? I would say Limerick. Like, you know, and I think everyone would say that too. And and it's a compliment to the Limerick team that we're talking so much about them because, like, if it's it's up to other teams to rise to their level, um, you know, and I still think what John Carey is doing very well is the likes of Adam English, Cahill, O'Neill, Mahal, who and you know, Donnchadh uh, Dalligan to see what he's just throwing them in with those experienced players every week to get the use to the taste of it and then he has four or five more players ready to throw in if needed.
1: Yeah, there's um, there's like players almost in every line who wouldn't have been starters at the start of the year or who when you're penciling in if there's an All-Ireland final tomorrow and they were picking their best team they're not there but it means that as you yeah. say the strength and depth is incredible. Uh, we haven't um, talked about Glan yet what difference does it make to them having him back in the side?
0: Sure like I referred to this before, like I think it was Nate the last day I said, like, not only are you missing a full forward from Limerick, but you're also missing a free taking full forward. And if you looked around at the other six forwards in the Limerick team that potentially will start assuming, like you Flanagan, Casey, Keane Lynch, uh, Tom Morrissey, and Hegarty, or any of them natural free takers, they're not. They'll all be well able. I know Tom Morrissey takes them in the league, but to Aaron Galland's quality, no. So therefore someone else on the team is gonna to have to take freeze. You're assuming Willow Dunahoun, Darkwood Dunham starts. So now all of a sudden of your front Seven out of eight, you don't have a free taker. So, not only are you losing a full forward who's of an all star calibre, who is one of the best forwards in the country and goal scorers, you're missing an inter county free taker. So, would you have had to change the team around? As it was my debate. Like, or you know, Reedy and Mahal Hulhan seem to be the two alternatives? Neither of them playing the full forward line. So, was someone in the half forward line going to have to lose out or go in and practice freeze to, to fit in? So, I actually think it creates such, you know, an ease of mind to have him back as well, because now you can go back into wrote Higgerty and Tom Morrissey in the wing, Keane Lyncherson to far and in your free inside.
1: I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision to uh, to get him back in, but whatever whatever uh, jigs and reels they had to go through to get there, uh, you've no doubt that um, the Limerick chips are in in the middle of the table. We were chatting off air with this uh, before we came on, just about how. As, a, as an organisation, we don't know that much about Limerick. They're kind of, um, you know, uh, very public and great with their time for the media. But you don't really learn that much about them in much the same way Jim Gavin's Dublin were inscrutable. Uh, and like that kind of brings me nicely to Kinnerk and, and um, even like, you know, I don't think their training sessions are as open to the public as they might have been in, in previous years. And that's not a new thing. Kerry did that, too. What what do you think Kinnerk's influence is? Like, what, what is it that has everybody raving about him constantly?
0: So, I'll tell you a story there. So, I went down to Limerick. A year or two ago, and Barry, my cousin, hurt his ankle, you know, and I just said to my uncle, Mahal, like I said, uh, no, how's Barry getting on? He said, I don't know. <laughs> He's on, he wouldn't tell his own father what's going on, like, you know, and it's not out of, like, secrecy or anything like that. Like, we just don't ask, you know, because... It's just the way that, like, they actually have a perfect mix of it, as you said, like, what what is brilliant, as you see, after games, they give up their time and everything like that. But they seem to live their lives well, and they also keep their stuff in-house, which is the way every county team should be, like, you know. what needs to be released can be released, there's no problem at all, and it always comes out, like, but, you know, they seem to be a team like that, but... on Knurk, like, you know, he's gone through two generations for me, like, obviously, we were unfortunate to come across him in 13 <laughs> with Clare, um, you know, and obviously, I didn't know as much about him then, as I do now, but... You know what I find brilliant about him is that how he seems to be able to tailor a team and keep them motivated and keep them hurling at the highest level. Like again, I've no insights to what he is like. You know, one to one or in a training session or anything like that. But like you see what he does with the players, they have a skill level you know that is probably unrivalled at the moment. Uh, but it's all game based. So I think I refer, I spoke to you before about, like, if Nicky Quaid goes short with the puck out, well, Sean Finn, Mike Casey, and Barry Nash are then able to turn around and give that 40-yard pass to hand to a midfielder. So if teams drop off them, they have the ability to do that. And that's not out of pot. Look, that's out of them, you know, repetitions, repetitions, repetitions. You know, so not only is he a brilliant coach, but he seems to be able to, along with John Kiley, obviously motivate them and keep them grounded um, and wanting more.
1: Yeah, Mickey Whelan would uh, say it's money in the bank, money in the bank when you're doing mm. the, the boring repetitions and then obviously uh, the, it ends up being true. Uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get um, and all those, yeah. those cliches about it. Is there, so you're, you're kind of saying there isn't a significant style. Uh, that's not, sorry, I don't, I don't want to misphrase here, but the, it's not the style that's the hallmark of Canerk. It's the ability for the players to operate under severe pressure, the skills of the game, which allow them then to change their style required based on what the opposition is throwing at them
0: and i think what they've done over the last years they've placed, they've faced every type of team like waterford in the semi final was the two years ago they threw for the first 15 minutes there they threw absolutely everything hell in high water was thrown at limerick like and they matched it and came out and beat them i think it was the he was around the cove. thinks so it was a water break um but for me it was like it's they have a style of play right they send all, they send their half hour into midfield we all know that we everyone knows how they play but it's then when they turn it over, that's where I see his real ability coming in, where they're able to move that ball so accurately and so well. You know, um, it's like you're going to a tackle next to the ball is shifted over the point of contact to hand. Like, I think, like Tipperary said to you a while ago, to me, we're always the best hurlers, the riskiest hurlers, and everything like that. Uh, like, I can't say any other team are as good at Limerick now with giving the ball to hand. Uh, Will who comes for a 60 yard pass, the ball is deadened on the hurley. Straight into his hand. And what that does is that gives the Limerick player that extra split second to where I, coming from it, fumble it, and I have to go and pick it. You know, it's just the simple things they're brilliant at. It's just so good. Their ability to retain possession, Keane Lynch comes, man up his arse, he still gives it to him, he can catch it, and off they go again. So I think it's the skills of the game, the understanding is the game, the way they pick, like it's their pickups. Like, like watch the game, right? Watch how they flick the ball off the ground. They must obviously practice that training, how they pick up the ball, how accurate their hand passing is, and their strike passing. Like, it's the retention of the ball they're the best at, um, and I think that's where I believe he's after bringing the game to a new level. Yes, their wing forwards go back to field. Yes, they try and hold their centre back. That's all the style of play. But it's the play itself I feel is where he's developed his system at Limerick, where they're the best strike passers, they're the best holders, and they're the best team to retain possession.
1: Um, those training sessions where you're practicing pickups, like grown men who've been doing this. But thing. there
0: you go. Like, do you know what? That's brilliant. Sorry, no, I've forgotten. Like. We, the school team, we won the Sea All Ireland there in the school the last day, right? And we we're brilliant for the school and all that. But at training there, like we pick, we practice pickups and stuff like that and drills because I, I learned how to pick up the ball as a six year old. Does that mean I stop now? You know, I know that skill. I don't have to practice it yet. If you look at any games, look at the amount of rocks, look at the amount of broken balls, look at everything, pickups, the second most looked after skill or looked over skill is the hand pass because again, we learned it. You know, I know how to hand-pass the ball. It's often, but a hand-pass two yards in front of a guy creates a score or a goal or an opportunity to break out of the fence. A hand-pass two or behind him is a different ball. It's dropped. It's a tussle. You lose the ball. They get a point. So it's the tiniest catching. Like, you know, there'll be people listening in here like and go and talk in 1960s. I am because the game hasn't changed. The person that can pick the ball, catch the ball, strike the ball with the highest skill level, with the highest speed, is a better hurler. And, and as long as we're here and our grandchildren are here, it'll be the same thing. The best holder is the best at their skills.
1: It's funny how whenever Cody would say, oh, we don't do tactics, everybody would scoff. And for years they would say, oh, we don't do tactics. And then we'd find out afterwards that actually they'd of them. But I, I think what he yeah. meant was uh, it's not the thing that we focus on the most. The thing that we focus yeah. on the most are the fundamentals of the game. And what he would say is character and that kind of thing is actually your ability to tackle. So there's probably a translation bit that goes through where he says something and what he means is did you do an hour of pickups this week and were you the best at, at, that you could possibly be at the end of that hour um, and so those great teams probably all have yeah, that like, hallmark like,
0: to me that's it like. but like again I, I look, and I referred to the Reichen story the last time like, they practiced the basics in Manchester United that's what they did and like hurling will not change away from basics You know, like it's gone from... The generational changes have been... There's not much pulling on the ground anymore. You know what I mean? And that's a stats-driven change. You know, uh, the percentage you keep in the ball and stuff like that. Now, obviously, you move the ball on the ground if you're under pressure. But, like, again, it's the basic skills of hurling that I believe that any... Like, I'm a teacher. When a young fella comes in a first year, if he's got the basic skills in hurling... like you know he's going to be a good player if he progresses, like, you know, and it's down to the basic skill and it's the same at inter-county level. It's just the speed that you're able to do it and the consistency you're able to do it changes.
1: And then I do think on top of that, they obviously have got a, a tactical plan that allows them to right. <laughs> to ad- address whatever challenges the opposition is throwing at them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, it's like, like I think they're in a position like Dublin, like we go play our hurling and if we play our hurling properly, well, then we're better than the opposition. Like, and that is we outwork them you get your half-hours into midfield, you create the two-and-two two inside and you carry the ball to a certain place in the field, EG midfield, and then you deliver good balls into Flanagan, Casey, Galan, you know, But they they mind their defence like, you know. Declan Handen is the kind of the, the peacekeeper back there. Everyone else sits back around him and they work the ball out to a certain point of delivery. Not often you'll see a Limerick player deliver a ball from their own 21 because it's landing down to their centre-back. But they'll always have the confidence of working that ball to midfield, and I'd say the repetitions and that in training must be scary because they're actually so good at it.
1: Do they let anybody into training? Is is there any whispers? Well, I if...
0: never asked anyone. I, I tell you no. when, when my, I barely talk to my own cousin about limerick hurling because I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get silenced. So we keep it to golf. <laughs> we keep it to golf and club hurling. But uh, I don't know. I'd say they would. I, look, I've never heard of limerick training sessions being closed. Like um, you know, I think we used to close a few clothes, for the championship, alright. If we were going through pockets and stuff like that, but for the most part in Cork, people used to be left in the whole time. Um, and I'd say it's the same in most teams. unless now you're going through something where you want to try something different. Um, I'd say apart from that, I, I but I've never asked. I've never asked out of fear.
1: So the, the team that's named and whether or not it actually starts will be very interesting to see but we do have Cian Lynch starting again at uh, 11. How has how his form been since the injury? Is he back to where we hope he will be?
0: I think you won't see him back to his form until Championship League but it's an interesting one because Kyle Hayes has gone back to the backs. So now all of a sudden like that looks like Dan Morrissey potentially going back to the full back lane which means Barry Nash, Mike Casey, Dan Morrissey and uh, Sean Finn are battling over three positions back there. You know, which means like you have four all stars battling for three positions again. Like, and like, what a headache to have, like, you know, for, for um for, for John Kiley. So that's the big change for me that Keane going in there. But look, on his day, like, he makes the opposition's heads wrecked. Like, you talk about Tony Kelly at centre forward. Well, Keane Lynch went before his injury, like, was better than him, maybe. Do you know, would that go? Would that be, you know, I know people might look in and laugh and say maybe because the team is built around him, you know, but like, Keane affects the game so. You know, like you're wondering, do you follow? Him? Do you sit back? It's like two of them, like they cause you a headache. It's a forward, Do you go after him? or do you, do you sit back and mind your defence or whatever? So that when he left that position, he was he was causing teams headaches. So if he can get back to anywhere near that thing again, um, he's going to be like Limerick will be just an impo- not an impossibility, but very hard to beat. But I'd love seeing back to his best because such a great holder like.
1: Uh, Obviously as usual we've got sucked into talking a lot about Limerick. We should talk about the other game. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Any time Kilkenny play Cork um, no one's lying down for this one too so uh, the fact that it's in Nolan Park is probably a great thing for this Cork team at this stage of the revolution.
0: It's it's brilliant. I tell you no you couldn't get a better fixture. Um, Like we used to play Kilkenny in challenge matches like they were the best challenge match to get because I'd say if you asked Brian Cody to Play a game of wings he'd want to hammer you and that as well. Like so, challenge matches against Kekeni were not challenge matches. Like you know, they were as close to league and championship matches you could get. And that's what this is. And going up to Northern Park is way better for Cork because you're going up. Like on the outside, you're obviously going up as underdogs. Um, you know, but I think their league campaign has been fantastic because a lot of your like so sorry, no. Flip over here. We spoke about Tipperary finding their team. I think a lot of last year's Cork team will start. And I know people might listen in and go, "Oh, jeez, I hope not." Like, but. Like a lot of those players have come back. James Harney came back the last two games and showed something before he got injured, you know. So like I think they've found out four or five lads that can play um, and have played well. And for Cork, it's just hopefully that the the older statesmen come back and show the performances that they can. Now, I'd imagine this weekend, a lot of them won't be playing They're just that bit before injury, but uh, it's a great game for Cork to get. Jesus, like going up to Nolan Park in a league semi-final where, you know, there'll be a big enough crowd that you're playing against a team that will want it as much as, as, as you um, and a team that you know are going to work their socks off.
1: Uh, what have you seen from Kilkenny that's in any way different? Or have you seen anything from Kilkenny that's different? Or is this actually the perfect kind of continuity, Cody era?
0: Uh, it was funny. Like I think the first was their first game tip and I think the ball broke down a lot trying to work it out and people were getting on their backs. But I, I still believe that it was the right thing to do. You know, I think they're trying to mix the blend. And then the last thing against Watford, I saw the sideline when they were low-goal shot with Pocos then hitting it long. So he's definitely trying to find the blend. I don't think he's going to throw the whole game plan out where Kilkenny are a direct hurling team. They like to win their own ball up front. What I like from Kilkenny is, again, well, for them, they're defining Billy Drennan. You have TJ Reid to come back. You have Hugh Lauder to come back. Owen Murphy's out for a couple of weeks. So a lot of your, like, you know, we haven't seen much of the Bally Hale lads, like, you know, so a lot of them coming back in um, to strengthen the panel and still made a league semi final. So to me, that's a huge success for them um but again like they're at Kilkenny or Kilkenny, Kilkenny's all about championship for them then as well and blooding those players back in but what I like about them is they've like Cork have reached the semi-final of the league without having a lot of their first team players uh, readily available to them.
1: I was actually surprised how good they were in the All-Ireland final last year and I don't know if, I don't know if that was mm-hmm. the general consensus afterwards was that like oh Limerick feeling a bit of the weight of history but it didn't feel like it Limerick like Limerick hurled brilliantly and Kilkenny still managed to stick right with them. So Maybe we underrated how close Kilkenny were to Limerick in advance of last year, and they should be close enough again this year.
0: Like, for me, like I fell into the trap of Munster Hurling being more competitive than Leinster Hurling, right? Like I said that last year. So, you can never write Kilkenny off. Like, Jesus, like, you know, whatever about Munster Hurling being like out of the five teams, you know, it's so competitive, and Leinster Hurling, you might only have three, maybe four teams that can get up, but Kilkenny are always always at the pinnacle of that like so I, I, I'll i admit that I fell into the trap of thinking it would have been monster teams in the final but the one thing you get against Kilkenny is god honest effort like you know and like what you have to remember in on top of that you've got some of the best hurlers in the country and like what they do is they do this again the simple things brilliantly but they're cutthroat if there's a goal on they're going to go for it you know they'll hit you if needs to be hit like and this isn't just going back to Brian Cody's days like they're just you know a god honest working team and every day you go that's what you get off them you know, The one time I met Brian Cody, I think they lost to Wexford Was it last year in the championship, and he was like a dog. And the reason he was like a dog is he felt it didn't work hard. That was it. He didn't say anything else to me. I had the fortunate position of interviewing him last year for Sky Sports after they lost to Wexford. Uh, I, I'm not the tallest man in the world, but by God, did I feel tiny. I could have fit in an egg cup after that interview um, because I actually asked him the question about Sheffield going into the final. So <laughs> I was biting my tongue and walking away. Yeah. He, the only thing that pissed him off was the work rate that was the only thing he mentioned to me it was nothing about hurling nothing about anything so you can see what their game plan and any team that play against them will tell you that so in an all around final last year they worked exceptionally hard like it, Limerick were brilliant Limerick were brilliant
1: uh, th- That Tipperary game I think probably did colour a lot of people's uh, expectations of what was going to happen in the league but it hasn't been borne out mm-hmm. they, they've uh, managed to equal that work rate and as you say they've slowly got the players back in who were playing in the, in the club championships too so again uh, one of the teams who have re established themselves in the pecking order. The pecking order is fairly clear Big at time. this stage. And so a Limerick, a Limerick, County Kenny league final would be something I think we could all look forward to. Maybe in Cork, you guys think that you can upset? I yeah.
0: was <laughs> just going to say, it. yeah. I think, do you know what, right? I, I do believe that the two games look, I, I hope Tipperary people take me up the right way here. I think they've had a fantastic league and they've had their perfect preparation for. For the championship here I still think Limerick Might have that little bit Too much for them On Saturday night Right But Sunday's game Is a lot tighter um, I'll obviously put my Cork hat on and predict, and predict Cork Like because I think That they're going well And everything like that But I like to be honest Kilkenny up in Nolan Park Are a different are a tough kettle of fish to, to, to play against And like you know like And I hope people Listening in aren't Saying about I'm not on about Just work right Like on Cody Like Jesus Christ Adrian Mullen, Mullin Like you've got Some of the best Horrors in the country Sprinkled into that as well um, You know uh, So like I think It's going to be a gr- Look I, I said this to a fella yesterday. Like, I think hurling needs a good weekend. I think it's not that they need it, and I was proven wrong. They want it. We all want a good weekend of hurling. I think the lack of hurling on TV last week just killed me as a hurler. I know, we, thanks for the God, we did the Grand Slam on Saturday to keep us going. And I know they're dead rubbers, but still, could you not you know, schedule them that some of the games are on Saturday? Who gives a shit if they're dead rubbers? Like, you know, they're dead rubbers anyway on the Sunday, so why can't we spread them out over the weekend um, and have them on TV a bit more? You know, because we'd only won deferred coverage of a a hurling match which turned out to be not a great spectacle anyway but um, but like you know it's just I hope that hurling gets a good weekend of it um, and and two great games you know which I think they will and you know I think a Limerick Cork final would be great yeah Uh, do you know what
1: we we we'll obviously talk about the final again but I think that's not a, not a bad talking point for us to consider ahead of next week uh, I'm not sure everybody who is a hurling supporter fully understands the tidal wave of inter Gaelic football that is coming yeah, over yeah. the next uh, two and a half months There's, most of like, the hurling is going to be swamped by top quality football
0: why hasn't every stand stadium so I'm not sure maybe I'll be proven wrong here and all listening to this season. I don't think Nolan Park has lights I don't think Ennis has lights uh, I know what we're doing up their stadium at the moment. Um, like, why can't every county ground, one county ground, have lights and they start playing league games on a Friday night? So you have a TV match on a Friday night, which players wouldn't mind. One a league wouldn't mind Like, you know, I'm, I'm not even saying, you know, whatever like that. Like, one, and if you knew well in advance, you could operate around work, have one or two games on a Saturday and on a Sunday. And next thing, all of a sudden, you have a weekend. You know, filled up with Gaelic football and hurling, which is what we want to see, you know. Like, I watch football as well, Like, but like, one deferred coverage game of, of the last day of the league last year. And I know what you're trying to say is everyone going into it will make them competitive, but sure, shit, like, you know, just throw it on TV, like, just throw it on and have it. You know, even like Cork and Clare was a dead rubber. Was it 218 to 218? Cracking game of hurling. You know, I'd love to have watched that, that like, and that's not just as a Cork person, I'm on it, but as a hurler in general. Um, so like I think it's something that we need to look at maybe it's about you know the GA coming along and saying right every county has to have one pitch with lights in it and we might schedule in one league game every week on a Friday or something like that you know and even a championship match nothing wrong with it you know um, to have it there as well but I do think that we need to keep the keep the like like, shortened season as there as it is go everything if we can you know try and show as much as we can that's all we want to see
1: yeah, I definitely agree with you. Friday Night Lights is a revolutionary idea. We'll, we'll flight that kite. We'll fly that super, kite. Super. And super. see where it goes. After
0: the ball, Roadshow will be before the first one.
1: Excellent. We'll see you there.
0: <laughs> Anthony, great stuff. Great Thanks enough. a million. Cheers. Thanks, sir. Thanks a million, Christophe.